What's up, Houdat Nation, and welcome to the Dome Patrol Podcast. There it is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know when the dog barked. Hey, it's Gumbo. for the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's Gumbo. <laughs> Who let that dog out? All right, what's up, Huda Nation? Thanks for joining us on the Dome Patrol Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, and uh, this is the official Saints podcast of the Fans First Sports Network. Before we begin this episode, I want to remind everybody to tune in. It's next week, is it not? To our Facebook live stream draft night party, Thursday, April 27th. We're going to be here live for the entire first round of the NFL draft. And as usual, we'll invite our Dome Patrol podcast listeners on the show to have a couple of drinks with us and have a say. The live experience is completely different from the edited experience. (laughs) And (laughs) you don't want to miss it. It's going to be on Facebook Live full Thursday night from beginning to the end of the first round of the draft. On this episode, though, we're going to talk about the ghosts of Saints drafts past. Whether good or bad, we're going to chat with uh, the guys in the Dome Patrol podcast about their Saints draft memories. Players they might have thought were going to be great, but then never panned out. Uh, Any surprises, any of the best picks in Saints history. Overall, just kind of a general draft conversation before we get to the actual draft. And then, but before that, we're going to take a quick look at Saints players who have gone viral in the last week because they were working out... (laughs) or having sex so put your seatbelts on keep your hands and legs inside your earbuds at all times and enjoy the show i I didn't i don't have the barry lincoln clip to play on this one but uh yeah so before we talk about your draft history we got james wesley jason on the show um we'll start with michael thomas and the deadlift that he it didn't even look like him at first when i saw him how do you feel about Michael Thomas deadlifting? What was it? 9,000 pounds? 530 pounds. <laughs> okay, that was close. It's impressive that he's managed to lift 530 pounds because I do deadlifts at the gym and I do about <laughs> 130 at my best. So, you know, that's <laughs> that's, that's impressive. <laughs> but as it pertains to football and the Saints, it's kind of irrelevant. I I, I I don't see how it helps him catch the ball or stay fit and stay on the field. I I, I mean, look, it's impressive. Don't get me wrong. But well, doesn't doesn't the fact that he is the fact that he is doing it means he's healthy. I don't know. Like his health. I mean, yeah. always the, his the, foot. The, the stress of deadlifting heavy puts yeah. stress on every single piece of your body. Like if your ankle is injured, deadlifting, yeah, deadlifting. deadlifting mostly uses your back. If you're doing it correctly, but deadlifting stresses the crap out of your ankle, your knees, your hips. You've got to be able to engage your core and all your muscles and pull. It, it, if his ankle was injured, he would, he wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, that's all I take. I agree. Hey, you know what? Pretty much every single thing they do at the combine has nothing to do with playing football either, and we <laughs> really read into all of it. Um, I. I I just think the fact that he is doing it, and Jeff, you mentioned it doesn't look like him. It doesn't look like jacked. Dude, right. Like he looks he is thick. Like, and and I'm not meaning it's not, he's not Zion thick. 
Like, where, what have you been doing? He is no. muscular. Looks like he's going to transition into bodybuilding when he gets out of football. And, I mean, like, if, like if you we know that, he's been doing a lot if, of upper body if, workouts for the last if, three years. If you, if you looked at that and said, like, this, this is a, you know, safety that's transitioning to linebacker, you'd be like, yeah, I can see that. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he's not transitioning to David Boston phase of his career. For, for sure. It, well, but, but I mean, I mean does, it, does the size, like, is he too big? I mean, no, no. he came at cough. He's he's doing this. He's got plenty of months. He's he'll, he'll probably want to lose a good six or eight pounds over the, before the season starts. But I don't believe Michael Thomas is going to do anything that slows him down. Like what he's been through the last few years. He's this is not going to. He's one of the best contested catch receivers in the entire NFL. He led the Saints last year in contested catches. He played two games. two games. I mean, like, what are we talking about? I mean, he's. So when I you, just, it just means even healthy. his hair is, is different. Is like he got hair. he got rid of the sideshow Bob look, and his hair looks different. His face is thicker. I mean, I don't know if it's age or right. It's just steroids or what. But he's oh, he is steroids. Yeah, I hope not. I hope he doesn't get tested. Well, he did immediately after that I mean, video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good but, job, but, you now. But, Go piss but in his the, cup. The the best news is when's the last time that on April 18th, Michael Thomas was healthy that we could see him like truly working out doing anything like this. It, it's been years. Yeah. And this is, I mean, as good of news as you could have for April 18th of someone doing a, something has absolutely nothing to do with football. Um, yeah. I mean, it could mean, it could mean he's really healthy right now. And if there's a way that he stays that way between now and week one, well, he'll be fine. Well, you know, and he, then you know he that stays it's not that, it's not, that's then, not the problem. The but, problem is week one. Or but, that, two. But, but then, but I mean, you, let's get to week one first mm-hmm. without, without a summer surgery, which seems to be a, a Michael Thomas tradition. And then let's get to week one. And then, I mean, I, I don't even know if, I mean, to say Michael Thomas is going to play 17 games is crazy, but we get 12 games yeah. of Michael Thomas. I mean, I'll, at this point, I'll take five. Lord. Like, you know, yeah, like, I mean, I'll take. <laughs> I mean, if he but, can start the season and end the season healthy and lead into the playoffs healthy, like, but, I mean, but why would, I mean, honestly, like aside from an ankle or something, you know, weird, the guy doesn't look like somebody who's going to get hurt. So, like, so you know and, what I mean? And I'll just say, if he was doing, okay, if we sat here and he was doing 275 pounds, we could say, I mean, I mean, and 275 pounds is not a ton of deadlifting, but we can sit there and say, that's cool. He's healthy and he's able to do a deadlift, which stretches your whole body. That's cool. He was doing a massive amount of weight. That means yeah. you are actually healthy. You don't and have concerns about anything. And I mean, whatever. He, one thing that's never been questioned is his work ethic when he's healthy and on the field. Yeah. It's that we like can, his legs did not tremble. Nothing moved. I mean, he was like a tree trunk. Like there was there. Were, you, he was not favoring one foot over yeah, the other. Yeah, it the was, whole time. Like it, it's a clean lift. And I mean, there's what do you say to the people who are making comments about the fact that it's not a straight bar? Like almost as though they're discounting the fact that it's 530 pounds. I don't care if it's a straight bar or not. It's 530 pounds. It was a trap bar, wasn't it? Yeah. So gen- trap bar. Gen- yeah. Gen- generally, you're you're using a straight bar if you actually care about deadlifting or if you're specifically trying to put more um, more uh, stress on like glutes or hamstrings while also using your lower back. What he was doing was doing a balanced, safe. Listen, he's he is a professional athlete. I don't want him doing crazy stuff. Yeah, this was a safer deadlift. 
of a massive amount of weight. And all those people that I promise you that every single one of those people that said something about it has never deadlifted more than 350 pounds. There's not, <laughs> there's not one person. Well, that's ever why these assholes are yeah. saying something. They're like, they're, 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 every single person yeah. that's deadlifted over 315 was like, that's awesome. Very impressive. That's, that's, that's hard work. Like, mm -hmm. again, it's 530 pounds. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Awesome. Unless those are it's, fake weights, and they're it's own. impressive. Whichever it's way you slice it, it's impressive. Yeah. Yep. What do you say to the people that are saying like Slant Boy this and Slant Boy that? And we've had that conversation maybe a little bit over the years, but I'm kind of sick of the Slant Boy shit. Like slants or not, the guy led the league with the most catches. He's got a couple thousand yard seasons under his belt. I mean, like, I don't give a shit if you like if it's slants or what. It's not a, it's like, it's an old insult. That's so like, get something new, come up with something new people. Regardless catches, of that. Go ahead. I was gonna say, regardless of that, if the other team can't stop him on a slant route, why would you stop throwing it? I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. It was automatic with Drew Brees. Wasn't it? Every time Drew Brees slant, Michael Thomas catch first down next, next set of downs. Right. I'll do an early preview of a, of a, a season prediction. But if Michael Thomas catches 80 slants this year, we're going to be the number one or number two seed in the NFC. I mean, so, yeah, slant boy. Great. Let's throw him some. Let's throw him 80 slants. Like, because he's going to catch every single one of them. That's a decent throw. He doesn't drop the ball. And each one of those is going to get somewhere between four and 25 yards because I mean, yep. he, he does it all the time. I'm OK with it. Great. You know what? And let's do it in the red zone, too. And maybe he'll have 15 touchdowns. So, I mean. One, I think that I hope that every corner that's watching him says, oh, all he can do is run slants and sits in on slants. That'll that'll be great for us, too. And what about the people saying, oh, the most overpaid receiver in the league? Do they just not understand He's not anymore? It's not even not even close it's anymore. Not, <laughs> right. It, it, that's just there are a lot of stupid people out there. That's I think he was means. the highest paid wide receiver for about three days, wasn't he, before somebody yep. somebody yep. got higher. Yeah, whatever. It's it's better that he's working out than not working out. But I mean, at the end of the day, look, just wait till the Saints trainers and doctors get a hold of him. Then that's when the real worry period starts. <laughs> when he starts running. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other Saints player who went viral for working out is Jamal Williams. And. Kind of reminiscent of the uh, Camaro workouts in the offseason of the past couple of years, huh? Yeah. Are they working out together? No, no but <laughs> but you know how Camaro would always do the crazy shit. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Balancing on. on a wheel ball. Two balls catching frisbees and shit like multiple that. Multiple yeah. colored things, and he's yelling, you got to catch it with this color. So Jamal Williams had a video posted of him just kind of run, running, like the guy waving the stick thing. I mean, that dude, if that guy hits him. That guy was not swinging light. <laughs> I was, uh, I believe that what was is his, that. I believe that was his uncle Cletus. It was a broken broomstick, and he's just, you know, just uh, <laughs> just give. It. No, hey, and what I'll say that? is, what was cool about it is Jamal Williams. There's a perception in the league about what he's good at, um, and it's he's a red zone short yardage. You're giving the ball inside the three, and he pounds it, and he gets the first down, or he gets the touchdown, and uh, there. He's not not that. Yeah, he can do that. Um, he also, when he was in Green Bay, he averaged over 30 
receptions per year playing with Aaron Rodgers while being their second running back. He was backing up or not backing as his second running back to Aaron Jones and was still catching over 30 passes a year on average. He can do that. It wasn't what he was asked to do in Detroit, but what he's working on this year is he's not just like looking at the big heavy pads and running into it and proving, look, look, I can run over the heavy stuff. He's doing stuff that people are thinking isn't in his wheelhouse. He's trying to improve in the open field cutting and, and missing tackles that, that he's, there's a rumor in the league that he's not great at it. So I think it's really good that he's one working on that. And then the other thing that we hear is, so he's working out four days a week, resting three days a week and being real healthy. The four days a week he's working out, he's catching 1000 footballs per day. Like he's, he knows what this new Orleans offense is and he wants to be a part of it. And this is a guy, this is a guy coming off leading the league in touchdowns and getting a decent contract for him. And is not just like relaxing in the summer, like, Oh, it's Cancun. Let me go have a good time. Like this guy's maybe working the hardest he's ever worked in a summer to prove to, to expand on what he is already good at, possibly great at. I mean, it's likely that he's going to be RB1 for a big chunk of the season, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, very likely. I mean, I, look, I love Kamara. I like Kamara, but I mean, I'm not going to complain if Jamal Williams is RB1. <laughs> there was some times last year where we were starting to question um, Kamara's ability abilities and commitment yeah and you know maybe that was the line maybe that was play calling maybe that was he just wasn't in a good spot maybe he yeah, I mean, pers- personally um like ak dealt with a lot of stuff last year right i mean obviously the legal stuff he also what never got talked about he quietly did have a child with someone that mm. still hasn't really been talked about um but it is I mean, that was in, the, in the middle of the in the middle, in, in the middle of the se- in the middle of the season had a baby born like two days before a game um so he's, he's got a lot of purpose. stuff going on also At- while also while the team wasn't doing great and i mean it's probably as challenging in a season as he could have um yeah. imagined sure. and if we know anything we remember about alvin kamara alvin kamara is one of those guys that when he feels uncomfortable he bails he talked about how he felt so uncomfortable to Alabama. He screwed that up too. He caused some problems. Went to Tennessee, got comfortable. And he talked about how much he loved New Orleans and the city embraced him and how he felt comfortable. I was I loved reading that when that article came out when he was a rookie. It also terrified me because I'm like, he's a weird dude. And as soon as he's uncomfortable, it's going to be, I don't want to ever set foot in the city again. He He went through the uncomfortableness and he's, Handling it better than I thought Alvin Kamara would handle it. Yeah. We'll see. And I thought the city kind of backed him up with his Vegas issue. I mean, he did that shit and the city, the fans could have easily turned on him. Well, uh, (laughs) uh, so that's, that's not me. uh, (laughs) Allegedly, allegedly that's ignorant. Let me just read off our, and maybe this is why Wesley drafted three defensive players in his first three picks on the mock draft episode. Thanks this is me. your current offense. Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara, and Jamal Williams are your two running backs. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid. Throw Brian Edwards in as WR4. Uh, Juwan Johnson. And, oh, and Taysom Hill plays too. Like 
the offensive line is the question mark at this point, right? I mean, <laughs> and then even them, they're not the worst offensive line in the league. They're okay when when healthy. We just don't have a ton of depth. But that is why, like, I, you know, I draft strategy, right? I I'd like to draft a, an offensive lineman somewhere. Maybe not, maybe not the first two because I do think there's a lot of holes on the defensive side. But they do need an offensive lineman somewhere. But sure, I mean, you could argue if if this roster is healthy, there's no reason why they can't easily win a division. But as we've seen the last two years with both organizations, I mean. Health just doesn't seem to be our thing right now for whatever reason. I don't know why. Maybe it changes. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I would like to think so, but have they? I mean, something clearly has to change with injuries. Yeah, I mean, I, at some point I, you I gotta have luck. Of, well, you, you we, just have, need, we don't even need luck. We just need to get back to league average on injuries. Yeah, that's it. Well, because a lot of the injuries that you you could bring blame strength and conditioning, but really a lot of the injuries were not something that strength and conditioning could address. They're right. just well, hold on. There's, there's a lot of there seems to be a lot of soft tissue injuries. To me, that's 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 training okay. and conditioning. Fair so, that part, yeah. So hope hopefully they addressed it. Whether I mean nobody really knows. It's not like there's been any stories about it, but they need to look and change something because the last two years it hasn't worked, and we can't go through that again. They well, changed the re- whole strength and conditioning team last offseason, didn't they? They brought in the guy from Alabama. Um, yeah, and nothing changed. I, I will agree with you, Jeff. I think that most of the injuries that we talked about, nothing was repetitive. I mean, uh, we had two people that dislocated a big toe. That's just that's just not – there is no training or different shoe. They can't do toe exercise. I saw yeah. – uh, I saw everything everywhere all at once with the finger, you know. Oh yeah, the hot dog fingers. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm talking about the, the finger exercise where you oh. you can Yeah. But I think it's pretty remarkable or pretty cool that um we're sitting there talking about our offensive weapons. And at the halfway point of last year, I think unanimously we would have probably called Taysom Hill our offensive MVP. Yeah. And now he's just kind of like, oh, the throw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh, the yeah. guy that I don't know his position. And I think that we agreed we had frustration that he was misused underused not consistently used yeah um, used on the wrong plays last year i have to think that was due to you know the lack of what we had at quarterback um and there has to be improvement this year at least in game planning than the way he's used it can't be worse than it was last year and he I was don't know. still Dennis and he Allen's was still, still coach and he was still quite possibly our offensive MVP. That's Pete Carmichael was... you're upset with, Jason. Oh, I'm, I'm upset with both of them. I mean, one guy runs the ship. Say what you want about Pete Mark. I know, Pete. but mis- misusing Taysom is a Carmichael thing. That's not a... Pete who? It, it Pete falls... who, Jason? Mark Pete Michael. Michael. Mark it Michael? falls on the head coach. It always falls on the head coach. Mark the, Pete just Michael. the way... <laughs> no. Just saying. I, I just think that, again, for a guy that, that was we agree was misused, who probably was either our number one or number two offensive MVP of the season because he I mean, single-handedly won us three games while, while being misused, um, you just have, again, a little bit of improvement there and maybe a little bit of improvement of realizing that maybe he's not a tight end, maybe he's a ball carrier, and, and he's a good blocker. <laughs> And we just lean into that more rather than um, what we have done. Well, that is going to be one of the big one of the big things for next season. How do do they do they coach better? Because last year wasn't it? Last year we, they we need we need to try and avoid 
sending 40-yard Hail Mary passes to Taysom Hill in crucial games. And well, now you've got games. Well, now yeah. we've got a quarterback that can do it, so I expect more. <laughs> or the or the jump ball from the eleven yard line with everybody on the field taller than him, and him doing the jump ball. Yeah, probably also mistake. Yeah. All right. Uh, so maybe we'll draft a couple of offensive linemen. I like the point you made last week, Wesley, as well, where you got some big contracts coming up next year, and it'd be nice if you have a rookie or, you know, second year at that point, offensive linemen, that'll give you negotiating power and or the ability to let somebody go if you need to. So definitely, I I would not be upset if we walk away from this draft with two offensive linemen. Don't care where they're picked, when they're picked. Actually, I would probably like one in the first two picks. So to that end, uh, what are, think back to your entire life, of watching Saints drafts uh, question to any one of you. Is there a specific player that the Saints drafted that you were the most excited about? And then after you look back on their career, it was a justifiable being most excited about. Reggie yeah, Bush you. comes to mind. <laughs> mine, mine for multiple reasons was, um, was Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I had a, we had a group of us, 10 of us get together and um, we were in public watching the draft and we all put with the 11th pick um, what we thought the draft was going to be. And we got points for getting any of them correct. And you got special points if you got the, the Saints one correct. Um, I put that Marshawn Lattimore was going to drop and the Saints were going to draft him. We all threw in 30 bucks and I won $300 for nailing the Marshawn Lattimore pick. Damn. Oh, and it's Marshawn freaking Lattimore who has just been been great for us so um it, it's just one though for multiple reasons one he's been great but two um he won you a they, lot of money <laughs> he won me a lot of won me a lot of money um by the way he fell in the draft because he was known to have multiple soft tissue injuries in his hamstrings in college and it was fixed by the saints doctors and he's had no hamstring injuries of note as a professional hmm. <laughs> you sure he had a small one but it was not anything big one time he said of note of note <laughs> i mean i noted it when he missed a few games <laughs> <laughs> i noted <it. laughs> so can you produce this note sir <laughs> uh it, it's an old note of scribble uh, the way. Um, i, I, I is, do that, remember... is it underlined or is it crossed through oh, oh that's a good question did logan roy note it um <laughs> So you know, it's it's funny looking looking back, especially on on the Peyton era drafts. I mean, even the sixth draft, I think everybody everybody was obviously excited about Reggie. Nobody was really that excited about all the other players that ended up being really productive players for the team. But in a lot of the drafts after that, we talked ourselves into a lot of our picks, and there weren't that many great picks after the '06 draft. Um, I, I think some of it was the newness, the excitement of the team and the fact that we did so well that first year that we're like, all right, we love these guys. Like, like, like the, um, my Martez Wilson. I remember being excited about him. He, 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 he sucked, but one guy that, that really did pan out was Cam Jordan, Cam Jordan. When we drafted him, I was like, that, that's a good position of need that, that we get. And we were excited about him, but man, he, he has really been one of the draft picks that's really panned out. For the organization, I mean, just God, a the stalwart, fact, stalwart of the team and the defense, and I mean the fact that he's still here twelve years later. 
and he's missed one game and it was for COVID. COVID. Or I mean, he did have the eye poke, poke game. So he's missed two games, oh, yeah. COVID and an eye poke, where an eye poke where they he fractured his orbital bone. They told him he wasn't going to play the rest of the year. But you could you could argue that he was the best draft pick of of the the post Katrina era. So yeah. that's the one I, I remember at the I, time. And it's and, between him and Lattimore, I'd say. Yeah, mm. Lattimore probably just doesn't have the the what about a Willie Rose? The time? Well, that was way back when. Yeah. Well, I said the entire Saints history. Uh, you're right. Wait, Saints history existed before Katrina? No way. <laughs> the some fans. Oh, I, I will say the, the other one that just for a personal point has a um, um, partial, not a draft pick, but um, or, a real draft pick, but seventh round pick Marcus Colston. I goofily, um, yeah, way late in my fantasy football drafts put Marcus Colston on all of my teams because we had nobody else and I was like well somebody's got to catch the ball and I won two Super Bowls of my fantasy and I got second in the third and it was because of Marcus Colston and I got to line him up as a tight end tight end that yeah. year and so that I got tons be. of wide receiver points for a tight end um that that just uh so it was also a person when they won me a few hundred dollars by getting winning two leagues and getting second and third but yeah, I mean, you, you you do mention Willie Rove. I mean, I do remember when we drafted him, top ten pick. It's like this guy is a rock, Louisiana Tech, and he he definitely lived up to it. So well, and so my my Willie Rove thing, and he is not like one of the players that I'm gonna say anything bad about and all. But Willie Rove, let I mean, the best thing, and he says the best thing for his career was how New Orleans treated him because he let himself get lazy, he let himself get out of shape, and. He, he admits he should have been shipped off by the Saints, but it challenged him and he responded and became quite possibly, I mean, one of the one of the best offensive linemen in the history of football um, over his career. So if, if, if Willie Rofe spends his entire career with the Saints without having to have that moment where he's challenged and gotten away, I mean, he is possibly the greatest New Orleans Saint of all time. I mean, he's yeah. right there. I mean, what he did in his career is, well, Jim, right. Very As remarkable. a football player, he's one of the most talented football players to ever wear a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. James favorite. I think, I think draft picks. So. I think for me. Picking up to Ron Armstead in the third round. Oh, I thought um, he was undrafted. Yeah, we got him. Yeah, in yeah, actual yeah he was he was in. He, no, was he in ran the, the fastest 40 yard dash in the history of the combine for an offensive lineman yeah because i that, that was that i was playing american football in 2013 and and one of our preseason um training sessions the whole team did a combine so everybody was running the 40 and stuff like that and i'm an, i was playing offensive line and i ran the 40 in six point something right <laughs> so some, something silly like that and then the story came out that this this un, unheralded tackle ran a four was it a four 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 five I, I, it was ridiculous what, whatever it was and, and i remember talking about it and then being really excited when the saints managed to draft him in the um in the third round so i think it'd be teron armstead for me I'm, I'm just looking through the um the saints drafts now um going back years and years okay 2006 was brilliant 2017 was really good there's some really poor drafts in in the middle of all that. I mean, I'm just going to go to 2014. Oh, do we have to? 
So Brandon Cooks, Stanley Jean-Baptiste, Kyrie Ford, Vinny Sonseri, Ronald Powell, and Tavon Rooks. Jean-Baptiste. Remember, we were so excited about him. <laughs> Just like... Oh, uh, by the way, Armstead's 40 was a 4-7-1. Was it was a still still quick? Still pretty yeah. fast, yeah. Or a, yeah, 300 pound guy founder yeah yeah um so so yeah so you know there's there's been some really really poor drafts i mean 2018 wasn't exactly great either was it no Mark, marcus davenport traquan smith rick leonard natrell jameson cameron moore boston scott and will clap i mean it will sucks clap because we actually brand. we actually cut the three guys that probably went on to have the i mean they're not remarkable career. but the most starts and play, i mean marcus davenport had some some games but he had so many injuries but um, Jamerson's still still playing. I think he just signed a new one year deal this this past year. He's still in the league. Wow. Um, was that the year that we got Muhammad um, as well? No, that was that no, was Muhammad. Was that 17. was seventeen. That Muhammad's was 17. the one we got. Yeah. Yep. And then we got Boston Scott has gone on to have a very solid NFL career. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if we had that running back that we've. <laughs> there's the running back we've needed since we cut him. Hey James, if if we'd have said if we had said not draft pick but like rookie signing slash draft pick, would you have gone with Alex Jenkins, mm-hmm. the, uh, the British? <laughs> you mean the, the you mean the guy who would not come on the the UK Saints podcast even though he's from the UK? Fuck that guy. Yeah. So I you know one of my favorite draft memories was the Ricky Williams draft. I remember. I was about like, I to remember, ask a question about that. I I remember where I was. I was. I wasn't at LSU anymore, but I was up at, at my old roommate's apartment, and that was when the draft was on Saturday, and it starts early. So, because that was ninety, the, the year 99. was ninety eight, right? No, ninety nine, spring of ninety nine. Yeah, it was. It was the spring of ninety nine. Spring of ninety nine, Ditka's last year. So, so did that trade? No, the go Saints won the playoff because on... Jim Hasley was the coach in two thousand. Two thousand, right? We still had the ninety nine season. Oh yeah, that's how math works sometimes. Yeah, so that's did how that math trade works. go through the day of the draft? So that wasn't like all done before. before no, it, it was announced. It was announced the day of. Surprise! Yeah. Me, me being a dumb college kid, I was like, "Fuck, this is awesome! We got Ricky Williams!" Like, not realizing how bad it was to give away your whole draft. So I remember they announced a trade. We got him. Dicka came on with his dreadlocks, said he's going golfing, and I just started cracking open beers. And I just, I drank the rest of the day, sat on the couch. Watched the entirety of the draft, and I was like, "This is awesome." We got Ricky Williams. I don't even that, know who else they drafted that year. Did they have any more? They didn't picks? draft anybody. We didn't have any more say, picks. Have that any was the pick. point. Yeah. That's what that, I, I was. I was like, too young and dumb to realize how bad of a decision they it was traded to trade away everything. your entire draft. Everything. Well, well two years later, ahead we case. took to get ahead case. in the first round. So well, and, that tells you. And we better. also gave up. We also gave up our next year's first round, which would have been Lavar Arrington, because we we would have had the second overall pick. So we missed out on him. Fantastic. Wow. So who did Thanks. we end up picking first? Well, no, I guess because that with it for Jim Hazlitt's first year, we ended up getting the playoffs, so we had a higher pick. When did was we it? get Cam that... Cleland? Remember him? Oh wow. 98. Second round pick off the Colts. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that was a huge bust. Jonathan Sullivan. Oh three. Oh Jonathan Sullivan. Jonathan fucking defensive tackle gave us one and a half sacks in his three years. Wasted, wasted two good first round draft picks to move up and get that motherfucker. What is it with the Saints wasting two picks to get defensive tackles that bust? It's our thing, man. (laughs) We love it. We love it. Well, I can still my my worst is got together with some friends, you know, still excited about us winning the Super Bowl a few months earlier. I'm excited about man. What are we going to add to this team? Let's let's repeat. Like we we need a, a 
you know, a, a guy that can come and help us. We get to our pick and they say Patrick Robinson. P Rob, Jeff's and, favorite player. Who who was nowhere on anybody's board to be drafted around that spot or anything that made any sense. And we I just remember us all being like, What? <laughs> And like we waited the entire, we waited till the you know the yep. last pick of the, the entire, first round, yep. sat around and just it was like we're ready to explode and be happy. <laughs> you might be foreshadowing next Thursday there. So oh be boy, man. Oh boy. We're, no, no, the Saints don't wait anymore. We trade up. We're, we're not. <laughs> right, the thing with we'll, Patrick we'll... Robinson is, is when he wasn't playing for the Saints, he was quite good. He was all right. He ended up being okay. It wasn't. One, they, it wasn't one of our worst picks, and we've had a lot of bad picks. But I, think just, the, I just remember the, the, the one that I was just like Ooh. was never met. Right, the expectation was never met. Nope. Um, on this list on Bleacher Report, uh, they've got the number one worst pick for the Saints in history, 1987. Sean Knight, defensive end from Brigham Young, played one season for the Saints, then went on to Denver for another season. Oof. He bounced around. He was in 11th overall selection, and he never played. Yikes! Or he never did anything with his career. Look, the man. Look, say what, Hang the draft on, surely is taking a punter at pick eleven is the worst draft pick of is all that time. Is that Axel right? or whatever his name is? Yeah, Erkslaven. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, the, the draft is fucking hard too. Like, if, I mean, it's, it's easy to see the the terrible draft picks after the fact. Although, I mean, some of them at the time, you can even see that. Oh, what the fuck's happening? But sometimes, look, we talked ourselves into a lot of these players and. A lot of these guys don't always work out, man. It's fucking hard. Yeah, and I want to I want to be fair. So I'm gonna I was talking about how I felt in the moment. So after Patrick Robinson was picked, your next draft picks is Roger Saffold, Chris Cook, Brian Price, Dexter McCluster, Nate Allen, TJ Ward, Aurelius Ben, Koa Misi, Torrell Troop, and then 42nd, 10 picks later is Rob Gronkowski. And then Sergio Kendall. There's a bunch of nobodies. So I I don't remember at the time who I was like, I guarantee you, I wasn't going, we got to get this Rob Gronkowski guy. He's going to be great. Right. right. I, I don't want to look back and say that at all. That's, That's definitely really not what was happening. Good context to put it in because every single pick <laughs> up to Rob Gronkowski, every one of those teams is what the hell was bust. Well, and and, and, and P Rob was the, so P Rob and, and was the best out of that list of, of, was, of that list. He, of that he list. made, we made the right pick. Yeah. I mean, up until and, Rob Gronkowski, we, we obviously let him go to Philadelphia Which, to be good and be a good pick, but yeah. well, look, we ended up taking Jimmy Graham in the third round that year. So we, 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 we kind of made up for it. So, I would go back. I would go back and take right. Gronkowski 32nd and some other cornerback to replace P Rob in the fourth <laughs> round. Yeah. Yeah. That was the Al Woods draft as well, wasn't it? Yep. 2010. Yeah. I remember uh, my my non-live stream favorite Saints draft personal experience was the year we drafted Meacham. Uh, be- and not because we drafted Meacham, but because I went to the Saints facility for their big draft party thing and had all the, you know, the beer and the food and all that stuff. And you got to sit under the tent. And I think it was Kenny Trahan with his neck brace uh was it Kenny Trahan is that who it was who's or, or Corey Johnson one of them was like up on the WWL stage hosting the things before podcasts and all that and yeah they picked Meacham and we all like got excited about it and I remember throughout Meacham's entire career I just kind of was like this guy never lived up like he was okay 
He had the one great play in Washington. <laughs> he had an okay season the Super Bowl year. But yeah. I mean, but Breeze makes but Breeze other than a lot that, of guys yeah. that look better, you know. Right. But yeah, that was my favorite draft personal experience because it was at the Saints facility, the new one on airline. And it was like either what year was that? Oh seven? Was it the year yeah. after the oh six? Two thousand seven. Yeah, so it was all the excitement from the NFC Championship game and following into that offseason. Just finishing that with, I mean, how important it is that the top few people in the draft, you have a better idea of what you're getting. That that year of 2010, your first seven players are Sam Bradford, Ndamukong Sue, Gerald McCoy, Trent Williams, Eric Berry, Russell Okung, and Joe Hayden. Oof. I mean, that's, that's I mean strong. murderer's row of seven guys. That <laughs> the worst pick was the first one. My lord, right? And still, he was a, a he was, legitimate, he was okay. a legitimate okay starter for yeah, I mean, on okay. a rookie deal. Yeah. Well, no, that, no, that, no, no, that that was the last year that we didn't have the. Oh, that scale. was the last year he got that he huge was, money. Yeah, that's right. That's one. right. He got the. So yeah. I mean, again, it's just crazy that you sit there, and then number nine is you know Saints great C.J. Spiller. Oh. He beat the Cowboys single-handedly in overtime. That was it. That's the only thing he did. <laughs> That's it. But <laughs> but still, I mean, like pretty pretty solid first seven picks. Considering we just went through thirty-three through forty-two was a bunch yep. of garbage. I think that's the key going into the draft for the Saints. For us as fans, is even that first pick in the first round. I mean, are you looking for somebody to come in and take a starting position? It feels like. There's really no position that's so bad and lacking that we are desperate for the draft to save us. The draft is is building more, building depth, building future. I don't think the draft is going to save us, but I would really like a defensive tackle because we need a defensive tackle. We need a defensive tackle to get major snaps. Hundred percent, right? So then, then you're looking for a a alignment on offense and alignment on defense, and your first three picks, and that you should be happy. And probably, I was thinking like a defensive tackle, a linebacker, and an offensive tackle. That's my my idea. This this shows how often the Saints actually draft well outside of the top ten. You know, because we've picked up a lot of starters in the you know late first or second and third and fourth round. Yeah. And I, I, again, it's, it's the same thing with the, the Marshawn Lattimore conversation when it came out that he was the number two cornerback in the NFL last year. And we were all like, he, he misses stuff all the time. Well, that's because we watch every play. So the bad ones stick out to us and we right. don't realize how great he is. All the bad draft picks stick out to us and you're going to have more than a 50% fail rate on your draft picks. But the Saints are, I mean, one of the best teams in the NFL for drafting starters and even bringing in, of course, they're famous for the, the undrafted free agents. Yeah, yeah it's but that crazy. was when Sean Payton was your head coach and you had a different coaching regime. Now it will be, it will be curious to see if that was Sean Payton and his influence, or if we still are employing the right coaches. I mean, last year we we pegged Olave as our guy and we went and got him. Yeah, at, at all costs. No, I, I have, no, I have no no doubt about our scout team, about our front office and their ability to make picks. Yep. It's the bigger doubt is, and I really think that part of last year's success is because Sean Payton was not in the room. 
you know, telling and, us to draft Peyton Turner. Well, yeah, well, and, well, and that's he's thing, got a hard he, on for one guy. Right. He would. He would. He 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 finds these players that he really likes. He's like, all right, here, let's let's throw two draft picks and let's go grab this guy. Yeah. And like he, I can't he, wait to see what he does with Denver. Very you, reckless. Jeff, did you say he has his heart on one guy? Like he has his heart yes. set on one guy? Yes, that's, that's what, what I okay. said. Just just I thought that's what okay. you One hundred percent. All right. Final thoughts. I'll go first. It's Zurich week. We got PJ Tour is here in New Orleans. I'm going Thursday. Early for that? No. No. It's well, usually it's the same weekend as the draft. Like okay. The same week as the draft, but PJ Tour's schedule's kind of shifted here and there. But uh nine of the top twenty players in the world playing. It's the only team event to spice it up a little bit. So I'll be there on Thursday all day. I'm just I'm excited. No watch out for get, falling trees. Hopefully if we get some uh some some good winner. We got a I mean, the defending champs are both top 10 in the world. Can't lay in Shoffley, So I just hope some of the good players play well. I is the first day of the tournament the best one to go to? Or is that the only one you could go to? Uh, I usually go on Friday. I, I like to go on Thursday or Friday before the cut so I can see everybody that I want to see before yeah. before they, we have the cut for the weekend. Plus, it's not quite as crowded to deal with as on the weekend. So I usually I usually go on Friday, but I couldn't go Friday, so I'm going on Thursday. So it's, right. it's been kind of, a, kind of a tradition. Yeah, no, nothing really for me. Um, I'm super excited for next Thursday night. It's my favorite, my favorite show, my favorite night of the year. And uh, you keep saying it's on the 27th of April. For those of us in the UK, it's actually on the 28th. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to take a nap? It's in the morning. Yeah, what show yeah, are you yeah, talking about? It. America's Funniest Home Videos or what? Uh, his favorite show, show podcast episode. Yes. Oh, the draft. Gotcha. Yes, the draft show. <laughs> Wesley, um, final yes. thoughts. Um, yeah, so uh, wrapping up the NBA season for all of us, um, uh, I did lose a bet to Jason, so uh, me and my wife will be buying uh, a nice dinner for uh, for Jason and his wife. For all of us. Um, we're, we're, uh, we yeah, actually talked about it just with, with budgeting. Me and my wife aren't going to eat. We're just going to watch them eat. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, get get some lobster bisque. Lobster bisque. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to go out for a nice uh, steak dinner. Then we decided that even if the team's tied, we we're going to do it anyway. It'll be, it'll be fun no matter what. Um, I do find solace in the fact that uh, I know that the, the next time that we see Zion, he's going to weigh 530 pounds um, and Michael Thomas will be able to pick him up. So um <laughs> It's a. Uh, at least makes me make me feel better to uh, to to know about that. But congratulations, Jason. It was it was, it was fun, and uh, it'll. I mean, we'll have a fun dinner. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think I was gonna win. It's funny, like for the first half of the year, it's like, oh, I got this. It's easy. And then the bat, and then as we near the midway, you just stop back, talking like, about it. <laughs> I, I was like, you know what? I, I'm I'm just I've accepted it. Yep, I'm gonna owe it. So, and then. We came through in the clutch at the end. <laughs> just, ch- just charge it to Kyrie Irving. He's the reason why. I, he I mean, it's one of those things that neither one of us is actually like too proud of what what happened. Right. It just, I mean, <laughs> it's not the. It's, I mean, I mean, it's, it's just whatever. Like technically, my team, had, technically my team had a winning record. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I got. Neither one of us had the season we expected at all. Yeah, like no. we were, we were debating who was going to be the third and fourth seed. Not right. the ninth and eleventh seed or tenth and eleventh. It's, like, it's the is, ultimate I mean, participation who, trophy, who, isn't it? Essentially, yeah, I mean, who gives a shit? Yep. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, best, it's the best part is not you're trying not trying to find some loophole to get out of buying the dinner, and that you're no, no, to, I, no, no, it definitely. I, I, I did it as I mean, there was no there was no losing in this to me. We're gonna have a great time, yeah. and uh, 
it'll it'll be fun we'll figure it out sometime it'll it'll be a few months before i'm in new orleans but whenever i'm there we'll figure it out probably he's got to save up probably, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna start the stake fund <laughs> gotta get that ad revenue it, 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 it might it might it might end up being a week one thing or first first home game kind of kind of thing just depending on yeah. when we when we make yeah, it look, no 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 rush we, we 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 will have a nice dinner yeah right <laughs> All right, that's all the show we have for you right now. We're going to thank our loyal listeners for downloading each week and telling all of your friends about the Don't Patrol podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, which is where we're going to have the live stream for the draft on Thursday night. Look for Don't Patrol podcast. Look us on Twitter at Don't Patrol PCAST and at Don't Patrol UK. What, what animal are you trying to be? What, like, what down? What down? And if you want to, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't believe you can go to don'tpatrolpodcast.com anymore uh, because of the switch to the network. But we'll, we'll, we'll make a decision amongst ourselves whether it, you know, should we continue hosting the website with the episodes or not? Because at the end of the day, how many people truly listen to podcasts on a web browser versus through a podcast app? So and if we do get off of the website and shut that down, then we'll have to come out with a different way of saying goodbye. But for now, say bye-bye, donkeys. Bye-bye, Pelican season donkeys.